Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. To celebrate Sincerely Cecilia reaching 200,000 followers. Wow. I'm giving all of my friends 50% off my new bespoke non-allergenic therapy robes. Made it this trend. world needs more people like you. Sissy? Oh my god, it's you! It's oh me! Like 12 years? You remember me, right? Yeah. I just can't picture myself without her. I was thinking about you the other day, and, and now here you are. You should come to my hen's weekend. Die. So what's your thing? Are you like a model? <laughs> no, definitely not. She's an influencer. An influencer? Well, I, I'm more like a mental health advocate. I'm sorry, but I can't help but find it all a little bit ironic. Once upon a time, she lost her mind and she tried to murder me. Sissy is preaching mental health. Cecilia, what are you? Rebranding? When we form a circle around ourselves, we are reminded that we carry with us an invisible boundary. No one enters but us. It's our very own safe space. And we never, ever have to leave it. Hey, friends. Cecilia is not as sincere as you think she is. I am enough. Supposed to be me and Emma. That was supposed to be us. Stop the car. I am doing my best. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 535. Out now on Shudder is Sissy, a psychological horror comedy that stars Aisha D as Cecilia, a popular wellness influencer who is unexpectedly invited to her childhood best friend's bachelorette weekend. When Cecilia comes face-to-face with her school bully, a long, very dark incident from the past is unearthed, leading to a craving for revenge. Blending social satire and slasher movie tropes with striking visuals and a commanding lead performance from Aisha D. Sissy also marks the latest film from directors Hannah Barlow and Kane Senez. I'm glad to say join me now on the podcast. Hannah and Kane, thank you so very much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's good good to be here with you, Matt. Thank you. Um, so Hannah, it's really interesting just listening up at, at different interviews you guys have done um over over the last, you know, year or so of promoting the film and in talking about the film, how much you guys both wanted to kind of delve into the kind of whole aspect of influencer influencer culture. Um, you know, who are these people? You know, why do people follow them? 
um, you know, what is happening in, in their own lives that, that maybe have led them down their own path, et cetera. And it's really interesting how as a certain case study that you had was that of um, Bill Gibson, who, for those who don't know, back in, I think it was like 2015, 2016, she was a very popular wellness influencer and blogger. I guess more was more blogger at that time, wasn't it? Um, and she faked having cancer to kind of like get more sponsorships and followers, et cetera. And it's quite a big scandal here in Australia when that happened. Um, what was about mm. her as a as a as an influencer as a case study that really kind of spoke to you and Kane in regards to you know wanting to dive into the whole influencer culture aspect of, of the film and write a story about that? I think the sixty minutes interview where she's wearing a pink turtleneck sweater to hide her blushing when she's lying um, was really fascinating and just kind of seeing how she circumvented every question um, and maintained a really strong victimhood um, Mm. was obviously fascinating for us all to watch at the time. Um, But I think she, well, also her partnership with Apple releasing the first wellness app in the whole world was a major deal. Like she was on the, you know, the global stage when all of this was going down. Um, And then just listening to her, her sort of trajectory after um, the sort of takedown from the Australian media, where she's landed today, like in some cult or some religious sect in some other country, is really fascinating. She's reinventing herself there. And it just kind of led to this conversation about like how we not only present ourselves online, but how we prophetize and pedestal other people that we don't know who aren't necessarily qualified um, just because of, you know, real concerns in our generation, like a lack of connection, um, mental health, um, yeah, lack of community. You know, we've we've lost some really wholesome connective um, tissue in our ways of dealing with each other and relationships and communicating with each other. And that allows these kind of like really creepy individuals to emerge through the cracks and and basically con us online and that's always going to be really interesting yeah so we were just kind of responding to that yeah sorry oh no go ahead we were responding to yeah bell but also just yeah basically our generation's toxic relationship with social media and our dopamine dependency and and wondering where that's going to go for us. Hey, we did a whole kind of like horror aspect of it, kind of that whole kind of slasher aspect of it kind of come into the equation. Was it always intention to kind of delve into genre with this movie? Is that something that comes like kind of comes across kind of organically as you put in the screenplay together? No, it it definitely was intentional to um make something that was in the horror space. I think we didn't realize going in necessarily what like how much of it would be comedic how much of it would be horror what uh like i we we love a lot of horror films we love the genre um it's very unique you know it's unlike anything else but i don't think we ever went into it necessarily uh planning to make strictly a horror film um there there's lots of little parts of things that 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 we were into at the time and are still into now you know like we we were into slasher films that seemed like a kind of fun way to amp up the satire of having a social media influencer who um i mean i don't want to say too much in case anyone listening to this hasn't seen the movie but mm. it, it, it 
like it, it definitely started with satire and then the slasher element felt like it really fed into that because you can have a lot of fun with the kill scenes and the kill scenes, uh, which, you know, can be sequences as well, you know, um, how, how, uh, these characters essentially are dispatched in slasher films in a way that kind of mirrors the satire that we're discussing with social media, with the idea of influencer culture um, with the idea of kind of, you know, um, validation culture and kind of dopamine culture and all that, all that kind of stuff that ties into social media um, satire just felt like it just felt like it needed to go there. So, I mean, I don't know if we ever sat there saying, like, let's write a slasher, but I think it very quickly kind of just felt like the right approach. It It's not supernatural, obviously. It's... Um, it's really a psychological thriller um, that, but also camp. But camp, and that, and that we just decided to, as we were writing, I think, um, as we were writing those kill sequences, we just kept pushing ourselves to say, well, how, you know, how messed up can this get? Like, like how, how far can we turn the dial up? So, you know, if a head gets crushed, it, it's not necessarily something we went into saying, let's make a movie where everyone's head gets crushed, but it's you write those scenes and then suddenly you're going let's take it further let's take it further let's let's really uh lean into the slasher and the horror elements because in the setup of the film it it really feels like a comedy it feels like a kind of coming of age movie it feels like a hangout movie it's a road movie so i guess the idea was that a movie that starts out that way you don't expect it to necessarily become as gory as it does and um that that I think was the fun of the writing. That that we just kept pushing. I think the the limits of where we wanted to take those genre elements. And I want to ask about um, Aisha D um, in the role in the role of Cecilia. Um, to me, that role is a real kind of tight right right role because you need to get that she she as a, an actress has to get that perfect balance right. Because on one end, the character is incredibly um, sympathetic towards her. But on the other end, there are things happening in the movie, and I don't want to give away things either, but that kind of makes that sympathy very hard to sustain itself throughout the movie. But again, you're kind of pulling for her, you're going against her. It's like it's such a a delicate balance there. Um, and Asia, I think I think Asia just did a fantastic job in, in getting that balance right. Um, what was it like? getting her um for in the role um or is that she's someone that you guys always had on your radar to 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 work with and watching her do what she does with the with the script what was that like um working with her uh Aisha is a consummate professional but also just really interesting to work with um not only as a fellow actor but as a as a co-director um Aisha's process is very much she likes to lead. She she has a very strong internal sense of direction as well. And she would say, I remember in prep, she, we were kind of doing like exercises, talking, having lots of discussions about the character. What are ways that you can kind of embody yourself in the skin of Cecilia um, while you're stuck in quarantine? Because she was stuck in quarantine for two weeks mm. right before she got on set. And um uh, pretty much after that wrapped up, we, we kind of realised that Aisha likes to figure out her performance 
um, almost in a spontaneous way, but she had that is also combined with a very clear sense of character. Like she knew exactly how to play Cecilia. And sometimes, you know, she would say on set, I actually want to play, I know we've written this scene as like a, like a serious horror scene, but I think I want to add a little more comedy into it and a little more flair to it. And I think that Cecilia would actually laugh in this moment or she she would kind of be really timid and um, as opposed to violent. Like she really defended her character, which is what I think all really wonderful, strong actors do. She didn't see Cecilia as a villain. She saw Cecilia as the hero of the story. And, and she was right, like, all stories are transformation stories and Cecilia's story, her transformation might be a, a twisted arc, but it is a story about a character becoming empowered. And, um, yeah, Aisha brought all of that intelligence to the role and then a lot of spontaneity and fun on set. And she can, she also delivered that performance in, I think, like maximum four takes. I, mm. Most of the takes that she did were two takes. So, um, yeah, it was a real treat to work with her and, and I learned a lot from her. I'm not sure about you, Kane. Well, I mean, she, she was always someone that we were looking at because, you know, we, um, we wanted to work with Australian actors that, um, you know, that could be recognisable in some way overseas. And obviously she was on the bold type for many or for a few years, um, which was very popular over there and is quite popular here too. So... But but it's not not necessarily something where we knew she was the right person for this role. We we just had her kind of in our mind, and and um, it was actually it was actually we went to her for another role um, originally, and she actually asked if she could talk to us about playing Cecilia. And from that from that Zoom chat on, it like she just blew us away. Like she. She completely got what we wanted to do and she basically just said, I am Cecilia. Like, I don't say that about every script I read, but with this role, I just really feel connected to this character. And she really was. And so I, I think it was just one of those times where you get really lucky that you, she took that chance to to ask us that, to ask us if she, if she could play the lead. We heard her out and it was you know, it just it we we just connected immediately, and so from that point on, it was it was pretty fun and smooth sailing in a way because we were all on the same page. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. T Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, T Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. And I want to ask you about the, the psychology of these of these characters, especially this group of people 
that Cecilia is kind of like in the outlier is the outlier of. Um, you play one of them. You play Emma, who's um, Cecilia's childhood friend. You have um, Emily D. Margariti. She plays Alex. She's kind of like the the bully. Um, and then you have you have other terrific actors too. And you were saying before about how we're living in a time right now of really kind of toxic kind of like a, there's a toxic uh, element in the air now, especially in regards to connectivity and stuff and such. And I found the characters um, uh, in this group, with the exception of your character Emma, a lot of them to be really in really have that kind of toxicity like within them, and they project that there's a sort of like a veneer of niceness to them, but then it doesn't take long for that to kind of turn to a, a real kind of ugliness as well, um, which maybe is kind of like um, something that they learn online, but then again, you know, those type of clicky kind of things have been around for a long time, right? But um. When it comes to the psychology of those characters in regards to the social media landscape and influence landscape, did you find any type of correlations between the two? Does one feed off to the other? I mean, does uh, does the nasty habits online in social media come from human nature or is human nature being transformed from the nice, nasty habits online? It's a really interesting kind of debate in, uh, between the two. I think that's a really interesting question that literally no one has asked us. So um, thanks for that question. But I think that, yeah... I think that social media reveals the worst aspects of our personalities and also when there's not eye-to-eye contact and we're not dealing with a human being, we kind of get to be these, like, well, trolls um, if, if we choose to be online and um, that has obviously significantly contributed to the increase in um, so uh, suicide rates worldwide, not just for adults but specifically for children which is really scary. Um, but in terms of writing, like the the addressing the psychosis of the group and that pack herd mentality, I, I'm not sure that we intentionally reflected the comment section of like an Instagram post, but a couple of people have pointed out that it feels like that, which I find mm-hmm. really interesting because I'm wondering when we were writing, what were we responding to like in our own lives? Um that that made it onto the page and then onto the screen via our actors. Um, I do I do think we are reflecting or responding to bitchy millennial, um, you know, girl group politics um, that kind of stem from films like Mean Girls and originally Heather's. Um, but I yeah I I think that the group does really resemble the comment section and and the way that people can just unleash on each other um, online, which leads to all things like cancellations, people being institutionalised, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. Um, Kane, I want to talk about some of the kind of like visual things that I picked up and watched in the film. Um, I think something that a lot of people know now about social media is that when it comes to reacting to likes and, and watching, you know, different shorts, et cetera, there's that kind of dopamine rush that comes with that stuff, right? Especially like if you are a content creator, um, getting positive feedback and more clicks and more likes and more follows, it, it's, it's very much an addiction. It's like a drug. And, and how Cecilia kind of like um, uh, reacts to that in a film is this um, shown visually in a very kind of interesting way in a film. All of a sudden, her her world becomes brighter. There's like stars in the sky. There's all sort of sorts of things going on. Um, when it came to that aspect of the psychology of that character and the psychology of that part of social media influencer life, um, how much do you guys kind of like delve into the um, 
the science behind social media behavior when it comes to how we kind of react to this kind of stuff. And when you decide to, and when you want to project that on screen, um, was it always your intention to like, to, to mess around with color, to mess around with visual, uh, to kind of like to uh, portray what's happening with Cecilia, like within her psyche as, as she's getting all these kind of like proclamations of like, um, of uh, of um, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for of positivity from her followers who mm. are in, in in any case strangers, but the closest things that she has to friends in the whole whole entire world. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's just character, right? Like, it's just it's the same with any film. You you look at your lead character, and it, especially in a kind of film like ours, I think, which is. Uh, point of view story it's not really like yes there's a group of friends and it's somewhat of an ensemble but it's you know it's her story it's named after her so like she's sissy so you really got to put the audience in the shoes of, of of the character and all the decisions kind of come from that you know like when when she's using um when she's checking her account and she sees all the kind of validations that she's getting from her followers she gets a dopamine hit, right? So that's where a lot of the ideas came from to kind of show the eyeball expanding, you know, um, mm. things like a world getting brighter, um, you know, hair standing up in her arms. I mean, it's just really things where we just go, how, how do we show in the simplest, fastest, most efficient way um, what's happening to her brain? And, and, and also, like, in terms of the science, I wouldn't say we got, you know, like, yes, we, we, we did our research and stuff and it was just, we, we were learning about a lot of this stuff as we were writing it. So it was interesting to us, but it's not too, it's not rocket science to kind of know that we get these dopamine spikes, right? When, when we get likes or when someone says that we're the best and all this stuff. And what, what we wanted to just kind of show was the danger of slipping into that dependency or that addiction, uh, because it's a drug like, like any other. And, and I think like we we were very inspired, I remember at one point by Requiem for a Dream and how mm. Aronofsky uses that kind of pop montage technique um, in that film, which, you know, is a film about addiction. And we were kind of going, well, this is a film about addiction. It's not obviously a film about addiction because it's not obviously a drug to most people, but it is like it is an epidemic. <laughs> like we are all hooked on this drug and it's legal and no one's really doing anything about it um, because it hasn't been around long enough. It's kind of like when it was legal to have certain drugs, like um, they used to administer you co cocaine when you went to the dentist, like, like society goes through shifts. And right now we're still in this shift where there's this kind of very dangerous drug, I think that is very legal and, you know, things might change in time. But right now, that's that's what we're commenting on. And, and we're just kind of showing this one particular character as she's grappling with this and she's using it as a dependency to hide from this trauma that happened to her in her past. She's not really dealing with it like the way you should if you want to get over something. She's just pacifying yeah. it. It's just a giant band-aid. And so for us, all the decisions were just about that and about trying to show what her loneliness looks like and how much she wants to fit in with a group of people. And then once she thinks she's in with that group of people, what does that look like? And then when mm. things start to go wrong, what does that look like? How, how does she feel like her, her anxiety is obviously, you know, um, increasing here. And so in, in that second half of the film, we really just tried to kind of ratchet up 
I guess her the the filmmaking to kind of match her sense of anxiety. I mean, it's 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 driven from character, I think, more than necessarily anything in like a textbook, so to speak. Um, final question. Um, so, Hannah, it's the timing of all of this is really interesting. In that, so as you're filming Sissy, we all go in lockdown, right? You guys have filmed this like during uh, COVID and quarantine and such, and we're all online. We become online creatures more than ever before, right? Physical connections with people who have been severed, you know, we're all online. And that's really kind of like, it was kind of like the mental health kind of wellness influencer goldmine right there, right? That's when all of these kind of people online were like just making a killing, right, so to speak. Um, and so when the movie comes down, when Sissy comes down, you guys are doing the festival stuff, all the lockdown stuff is coming down and everyone's kind of like lost in this fog of like post COVID kind of like, you know, thing where we're kind of clearing our eyes, clearing the cobwebs. Right. Um, and then this movie comes out and I'm just really curious when you're showing this film at the different festivals around the world and such, and they're watching this movie post all this stuff that's going on. What type of reactions are you getting from audience members while watching this film? Cause I imagine for some people there might've been almost kind of like, cathartic kind of like thing going on where you're watching what's happening on screen in this movie um and maybe in some some certain point and not to say that people are going to go to the extremes that some of these characters go to but there's almost some sort of um in movies tend to do this um they take on kind of like the fears and trepidations that we have in it when they're projected on the screen there's a certain sign of uh kind of like a um a, a relation or or kind of like a exercising of demons so to speak where you're watching this film yeah, I think um, I think our timing re mental health advocate couldn't have been better. <laughs> like we couldn't have predicted that we were going into a pandemic when we wrote the script, and that you know social media would even do a major gear shift to Gen Z through TikTok. Mm. Um, so that was because um, we have a lot of video format in our film, vertical video format. So that was a total you know guess. Um, uh, in the way that we've been shot during production. Um, but yeah, taking the film around the world, you know, it, it, it was really fun. It was kind of a little punk rock. Like it was fun hearing people cackle and scream and yeah, just be able to express themselves in this communal way. Um, so closely after the world got out of lockdown, like South by Southwest 2022 was like, really soon after we were all allowed to get on planes and go to other countries and um it was a very exciting vibe to be a part of and and we as audience members looking at all the other films that got made in our cohort felt the same way it felt like oh my god we 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 almost lost the cinema and now and now we have it back again and and we got to experience some of the magic that maybe filmmakers in like the 90s got to experience um people wanted to be out and about so um and then you know the film is reflecting on the themes that we've been exploring um in our personal lives globally so but making fun of it all by popping eyeballs out of heads and things <laughs> and, <laughs> being, being silly and I'll, <laughs> I'll just add to that i i think the biggest takeaway in regards to what you were talking about matt was just how many just how many people um, would come up to us and say, we love Cecilia. Like we really root for her. She's our favorite character. Like we, they, they, they never, they never really even kind of compromised a little bit and said, well, you know, some things happen that maybe I don't agree with. Like it was just, 
100% kind of devotion to her as a character. And maybe that has something to do with like what you were saying about feeling like you're isolated during COVID and alone and um, no one to talk to and just so desperately wanting connection. And I think they obviously saw that in her. And I think that buys you a lot of um, like leeway with the character, I guess, if you can get on board with that character straight away. um, And if she takes you some places that you don't necessarily expect her to go, but if that bond is already made, then, then you'll, you'll go off that ledge with that character and kind of follow her all the way. And I think, you know, sure, maybe some of the violence is cathartic. I, I, I think that really is, you know, um, what violence in film should be about as opposed to condoning it. It's about the catharsis, like what it, what it represents, not, not what it, what it literalizes, you know, um, if you look at the whole film as kind of like a fever dream, it's Cecilia's fever dream. And I, I, I guess you could say it's a fever dream of someone who's just gotten out of a couple of years of COVID, even though it's not a COVID movie, mm. it kind of became one accidentally. Um, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's a really interesting kind of point what you make. Yeah. Great point. So for everyone out there listening, Sissy available now on Shudder. I really recommend people check out this film. It's an incredibly unique movie um, in not only in the way that it tackles its themes, the way that it's made the visuals and again, I've got to say, um, Aisha D is just fantastic in the lead role of Cecilia. And um, to you both, Hannah, Kane, I thank you so very much for your time today. Congratulations with the film. Um, I can't wait to see what you guys do next because, you know, it's a, this is, I think, it's such an incredible movie. I remember, and I know last year you guys got a bunch of um, accolades, rewards, of a whole a bunch of people were saying it was a, Sissy was like one of the best horror movies of the year and such. And it's, it's something I got to really concur because I, I absolutely love watching this film and um and congratulations to you both and uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. That's that's really lovely.